Okay, great. So when Val came with uh, this idea, um, we felt it was a good timing. Uh, and it was kind of mixed feelings, if we're really honest as pastors. On one hand, we were very excited because we always love to see people from the congregation use their expertise, and particularly in a field that is so um, niche, uh, and to have somebody who can help us with this. Other churches, we were hearing of other churches, bigger churches and churches across um, in the States doing things like that. And we thought, wow, what a great gift to have somebody like Val in our church and be able to do something like this. So really grateful um, for that because it, it really would enable us to tap into the expertise that she has, but also take the pulse uh, after not being able to meet face to face for such a long time. Having said that, uh, I have to be frank, we were also um, a, a little bit nervous about it. When you have a survey, uh, one of the things that can come across is painful criticism. The other one is a huge variety of opinions, which can be very confusing if you're trying to figure out what, what, what do we think, what, what's the feedback. And probably the, the one that we feared most is that once people have expressed a view, they almost feel like you have to do something about it. And we felt the pressure and the burden that people might have shared something. And then if they don't see something happening as a result of what they've shared, they, they feel let down. And certainly that was not our intention at all. But it's been a very good journey. It's been a, a very exciting journey. And hopefully some of the things that uh, we have found will, will resonate. And I guess there would have been at least a few of you who would have said, mm, um, <laughs> you know, how, how, how does this help us? Should not we be listening to God and try to see what is happening? And, and that is true. For me, it's, it's a sense of we, we always listen to God speaking to us through the spirit and the scripture, but we also listen to one another. It's part of journeying together and being part of a family. So it's not excluding listening to God, but it is something that we found a lot more difficult to do in this season. So without anything else to add, I'll just pass over to Val and uh, she'll share with us her findings. Thank you, Val. Hi, guys. It'll take me just a couple of minutes to share my screen. Um, so just bear with me, please. Okay, um, can you all see that? Yes. Yeah, cool, okay. I can't see you anymore once I'm sharing screens. So um, yeah, anyone shout out if you lose anything. Um, I guess I just wanted to kind of follow on from what Christy was saying to say that this, remember this survey was done in early February. Um, so I know that some things have changed um, since then. And basically um, what I'm presenting today is we've done some baseball, I, I've done, I guess, some basic analysis of the findings. Um, what I tend to do is a thematic analysis. So I use like some coding and things like that to go through all of the um, open comments that people have made and code keywords and things like that to come up with basic themes. So um, I'll go through it. I can't go into that too much detail just now. Um, this is in a PDF. We can absolutely share the PDF and you could drill into it a bit more and read all of the um, quotes and things like that afterward. 
but I thought it was useful just to talk through it just now. So um, I guess one of the other things to be clear is that we got 112 responses. So that is not everyone in the church. Um, often when you get responses to surveys like this, it's people who perhaps have the time or have the motivation. Um, when we do surveys um, in the wider world, um, often you get responses from either people that are very, very upset and annoyed or people that are very, very happy. And often the people in the middle you know, who don't feel strongly either way, don't respond. So um, I don't think that was quite the, the, um, the kind of the, the divide this time, but um, just to say that it's not completely representative of the church because it was only 112 responses. And um, some of these were paper responses because Carol Ann went round and handed paper forms to people who couldn't engage online. Um, so, yeah. And um, we put some surveys out for children and young people, but only had four responses. And I'll go through these a bit later too. So we asked how long you've been part of CFM. I'm not gonna go into all the numbers, but I'll just give you the top numbers. So actually 74 out of the 112 people said more than five years. Um, so it seems to be that the people who responded are those who've been engaged with CFM for quite a while. And we asked if you went to church every Sunday, um, you know, 110 at 112, yes, went every Sunday they were able to. Um, we were wanting to understand the households, um, how that, you know, the households were made up and um, 62 um, were lived with one other person, 33 with multiple family members and 17 people who responded lived on their own. So um, that may or may not be representative of the church as a whole. Um, I tried to do some analysis of um, related to the age groups that were um, represented in the survey and um, split it into, you know, as you can see at the bottom, 65 to 74 only, 55 to 64 only, and then 45 to 54 with younger family members. There were some mixed um, mixed responses. So um, over 75 with 65 to 74, you know, in the house. Um, so, and over 75 with younger family members. So it, there was um, across the board, you know, a wide range of responses from the different age groups. Um, we asked, of course, whether people lived in Carnforth um, within five miles, um, within 10 miles. And you'll see that um, 36 lived in Carnforth and 44 within five miles of Carnforth. Um, you know, the others slightly further away. We asked, if we were looking to understand how people normally get to church. So a small number walked or cycled. Um, um, a small number, should I say, got a lift from someone else. Um, quite a few people walked or cycled and others traveled in their own or the family car. No one who responded came on public transport. Um, and we asked particularly about the services at Arkholm. So as I said, if you remember, this was in February. So um, we'd done the services up until um, December in Arkholm. And it was about split, um, you know, half and half who'd been and who hadn't been. And we asked people how you found the experience of attending. And actually quite a lot of people said they really loved it. And it was very moving. Others said they enjoyed it, but it felt a bit strange. Others said they enjoyed it, but um, the first group were like, it's strange not being able to sing or chat. And the, then the next group were, it was strange because there were too many restrictions. And some just said, no, it didn't really work for me. It was too strange. 
Um, so I've just broken it down into, I'm not going to read all the quotes to you. We'll send this off over to you and you can um, read the quotes. Um, but, you know, just some people said it was, you know, the people that said it was enjoyable and really moving, you know, just said it was, it was just lovely to come together. Um, and they just really appreciated the opportunity to do that, although there were restrictions. Other people focus more on the strangeness, you know, not being able to talk to anyone, um, you know, just, you know, not being able to sing, that kind of stuff. But they still enjoyed it. So we asked specifically about why, you know, if you hadn't, we asked, you know, have you been to Art Home? Have you not been to Art Home? And the ones who said they didn't attend, um, the biggest group were just worried about the risks, really, and maybe had their own vulnerabilities or or kind of were shielding or something like that. And then there was a wide variety of other reasons. So people lived outside the tier. They didn't like the idea of the restrictions. You know, if they couldn't see family members, they didn't want to mix with others in the church. So, you know, a lot of people had different reasons for not attending, which were fine. And again, you know, just some quotes related to these. So I've just pulled out some representative quotes in each of these. So, um, yeah, they just, you know, health issues, kind of self-isolating, didn't think it was the right thing to do. And so we really wanted to ask specifically, like what had worked well for people, you know, over the past year. Um, and the majority of people spoke about um, the connect groups, the YouTube services and the church Zoom meetings. Um, you know, some others had met others from the church outside and gone for a walk. Up walks and things like that. So the Zoom meetings and prayer groups and power hour and Bible study seem to be a great source of encouragement for people as well as the um, connect groups, which of course they were all on Zoom as well. So quite a few people spoke specifically about the online meetings um, and all of the different meetings that they joined in with um, and, you know, just being able to still connect um, with people and hear the word and worship through the Sunday morning meetings. A lot of people spoke specifically about the connect groups and the encouragement that the connect groups have been. And, you know, um, also the church um, WhatsApp groups, things like that too. Then we asked specifically about barriers or challenges, you know, what had really kind of um, prevented people or kind of, um, caused some challenges for them in worshipping um, God over the last year. And the most people just saying they were missing church worship and fellowship together. And quite a few specifically mentioned singing together. So when we, this is just a summary of some of the challenges, the lack of face-to-face -face interaction. A lot of people mentioned hugs, actually. And um, some people, of course, not managing the Zoom. Um, as well as others, and just saying that, you know, it just didn't work for them. We asked how we could support people to worship and follow and serve the Lord. And a lot of people, quite a few people talked about a personal contact and, you know, just looking for um, that bit of a personal touch. And others were very encouraging about keeping doing what we were doing. So um, some people mentioned ringing someone in the church they wouldn't normally speak to, one-to-one -one communication, and some of them specifically mentioned Carol Ann visiting with the newsletter um, and really felt they would need more, they would appreciate more visitors. And then others were just so encouraging, 
like just saying keep doing what you're doing you know it's great like you know everything the kind of um the zoom and the social media and the emails everything is you know really appreciate the effort that has been made to engage with people so um that's really encouraging for the church leadership um a few mentioned specifically that the needs of children and young people and obviously um that they want you know how could they connect and you know where there was there more that we could do for these groups um we asked people if the lord had been showing you anything from scripture about how the church could be worshiping and serving him in this season and beyond and i went through all of the answers and just quoted them to come up with these specific themes um and the themes were you know making sure we keep close to god and seek him as individuals and families loving and supporting each other as a church serving our community in practical ways and sharing the gospel more openly and boldly so um i guess this was a quote i pulled out because it actually um covered all of it you know so awake to the opportunities around with us connect with each other and our community and be different in christ stand out and shine and that kind of seemed to encapsulate quite a few of them um you know just some quotes here about making sure we personally keep close to god and seek him as individuals and families and again how we can love and support each other as a church um you know just practical hands on love listening to each other sharing with each other and then a focus on serving our communities in very practical ways you know actually reaching out helping you know people who have specific needs um our neighbors in the community more widely and then quite a few commented on sharing the gospel more openly so actually you know being that beacon um to the world and offering hope and sharing the hope of Jesus um we asked individuals and families what you felt you could offer as a way of bearing one another's burdens and again there were six main themes that emerged there prayer a listening ear practical help and support going for a walk financial help and engaging through small groups so these were the ways that people felt that they could help others and again i've just put some specific quotes here um related to that and once we share this you can read all of the quotes and um you know maybe think a bit more about that and we also asked how could we be a beacon of hope in our local community in the rebuilding season um that will follow covid so quite a few people talked about the new building and the the possibility of having a bigger impact on the local community through that and others talked about getting out into the community and making connections and meeting needs so again just it's great to see a vision for how the new building can be used to really kind of impact the community and quite a few people um spoke specifically about that and then others more about actually getting out into the community making contact with people and you know sharing the gospel as well as um helping with practical needs Um so as I said we had four responses from the children's and young people survey we had um written the um the passage from acts about the acts 2 about the church um and we'd asked the young people to read that and then reflect on that so um we asked them what in what ways was our church similar um to the church in act 
habits. So they talked about praying and learning together and eating together. <laughs> um, so, you know, that, that was, you know, that was a similarity there. We asked in what way it was different. They said, well, we don't share everything we have with each other. We don't meet. Um, some of them weren't sure. Um, and we said, you know, thinking about the church when we can't meet together in person, how can we worship and pray together? So they were saying that they were, some of them mentioned um, church on TV. Others said it didn't really felt like church and they couldn't really do the Zoom groups. I don't know the reasons for that. And we asked, you know, how can you learn about God and how he wants us to live? And they talked about, you know, being at home, talking to the mum and dad and various other things that help them to learn about God and how he wants us to live. Um, we asked how we could share God's love um, and they were, they were actually less clear about how we could do that um, for the children and young people, um, but sending cards is nice. And then what we were um, trying to get from the young people was what should we keep doing what should we um, stop doing and what should we start doing when we actually um, meet together in person? So when we said, what should we keep doing? They talked about um, YouTube and the children's um, content in the service that they really liked that. When we talked about what we should stop doing, they said, we don't like Zoom, <laughs> you know, stop face masks. And someone specifically commented, open but close the door because it's cold. I think that's in relation to Art Home, where we had to keep the doors and windows open at some point. Um, and then we said, what can we start doing? Um, and they basically wanted, you know, to get back to spending time together, creche and Sunday school and things like that as soon as they could. Um, so one of the things that we often do when this is how I do things in my work is once we've done all of the analysis and things like that, we try to encapsulate some of that in people's stories um, that are representative of some of the, the stuff that we've heard. We call them persona or people's stories. So I've just tried to capture some of these. Um, and we guess we use these as representative stories when we're designing services or products, then we check back um, to the people's needs. Um, you'll see in this, probably in the bottom right corner, this as a, we need this so that we can do this. And this is user stories that are used in service and product development. So I've just tried to apply some of the stuff I do in my day-to-day -to, -day to this and kind of do some representative people's stories. So we put the story about, you know, a couple in their seventies um, and, you know, looked at, you know, for each of the different people's stories we've done here, we've talked about needs and motivations, barriers and challenges, you know, how they're communicating, um, you know, what church services mean to them, and then put a couple of quotes in here, and then this user story or user need, which um, we would use to kind of reflect on, you know, how we um, provide services to people. So, you know, this is just a representative story. It's what I usually do with these is I would usually present them back to the people that we're working with and have them validate or challenge them. And they might usually kind of add, well, because we're a design company, we use lots of post-its, of course. So usually in person, they would add lots of post-its saying, yes, I agree with this. No, I don't agree with this. So I guess when we send them out to you, there is the opportunity for you to come back and say, yes, that's absolutely representative of my story or no, I think it's a bit different. Um, 
and, we're, and I'm really open to people kind of validating or challenging these. So what I've done is I've put four stories in just now, what we can certainly expand these. So a couple in their 70s, um, a couple in their 50s who are working full time, um, who actually are finding that during COVID, they've been busier than ever, you know, because um, looking after parents um, and also working full time and um, feeling that um, they're zoomed out by the end of the day and don't necessarily want to engage in um, more screen time. Um, and But also um, the YouTube services have been good because they can just catch up with them at any time. So we've, um, yeah, I've just tried to encapsulate, you know, busy working people in this story. And then there was particular needs around single people who found it um, particularly tough, um, you know, not being able to engage, not being able to socialize, especially when a lot of their friends and groups that they're involved in have been related to the church. You know, so um, I've just tried to capture some of that in this story and um, the, the, the needs of that particular group of people. One of the things that came across from some of the, um, the responses was that um, some children particularly have found it that they've just become very disconnected from the church and um, the, the, the parents are slightly concerned about going back to in-person services that, you know, they actually, you know, will struggle to get back into the services. Um, so I've tried to capture some of that in this story about um, a couple um, with two young children and trying to manage um, and keep the children engaged in the church. And yeah, that's all that I have just now. I'm going to stop sharing um, and hopefully going to be able to answer any questions that anyone um, has there. Um. Thank you, Val. That's really, really helpful. Um, what we'll do is probably we'll, we'll give the reflection as well, because it could be that some of the questions will be answered in the reflection, and then we'll open the floor um, for, for us to contribute to, to that conversation. So having looked at all that, we spent some time as pastors and also spent some time as a leadership team at PLT, just looking over that and trying to um, gain some um, wisdom from the reflection. And um, really, I think it's, uh, the, the, this is what um, probably has been very helpful to us in, in doing that. Um, can you all see this? Yeah. yeah. Is it visible? Thank you. That's great. So first of all, just as an encouragement um, from, from the feedback that we received, I, I think huge, huge joy to see the connect groups doing what they're meant to do. They've been like the backbone of the church in this season. And it's been so encouraging to know that, that, that people have valued them and they've functioned like a life support for many, many people. So thank you so much to all the connect group leaders and particularly to Heidi, who's been coordinating that because that has been so, so important. And that's what they're there for, to be really the backbone of the church. And when we can't meet to be able to still function in that. Again, the online and in the in-person services, just to have both on the online, the technology and 
the the know-how that came particularly from Andrew um, uh, and the work that the, the those involved in the worship have put in, people like Dave and uh, Beth and Phil and uh, just really, really appreciated. And then Derek and his team stepping in into the in-person services and behind it all, really, Caroline doing just loads and loads and loads of stuff. I think that's what's contributed to people being able to enjoy um, those services, whether online or in-person. And then the thing that really fascinated me, and this is before anything was becoming visible, is just the new enthusiasm for, for, for the new church building. And that's been a real encouragement to us to see that people felt that as they were looking forward, they were tying very much the new building onto the future. But then there were also some challenges, and at least, I think, three distinctive areas of, of challenge that would have been there. One is very obvious, the connecting and the caring. And I think it's it's been probably difficult and disappointing for some because obviously as staff, we were limited in what we could do. Um, and particularly towards people that may be feeling more isolated. One of the things that's very interesting from the survey, I don't know if, if it jumped at you, but it jumped at me just how many people in the church are not necessarily connected and living with a family. Uh, or it's a, a very small family, or even quite a lot of our people are living with non-Christian family, and just how challenging that would have been. And I think we are looking, as it were, into the future just to really reconnect and encourage, and maybe even just to encourage the connect groups to have a sort of check and care um, policy. There might be people that uh, might not be attending uh, a life group, but they're in their area and maybe just to encourage them as well to, to look out for people uh, as it makes it easier geographically, you're close and knit. So I think a combination of staff stepping in, but also not relying just on staff, but doing the one another in which we are increasing that support, particularly for people who are in situations like that. While there was really it was really exciting to see the enthusiasm for the new build, there was a part of us that felt that maybe it was also deflecting from current opportunities. It's, it was kind of easy to sort of dream something in the future without realizing that there were opportunities right in front of our eyes. So I've just encouraged Ian to, to give us some thinking into that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's, a, that's a really helpful summary. Um, and it has been really encouraging actually seeing the building go up, uh, the steelwork go in since, the, since this was happening. And I can feel in myself that enthusiasm and the building and the, seeing the potential. Um, but the, the challenge is always um, there's something kind of safe about things happening in the future or next year. And, um, and while we're living in a kind of quickly changing situation, there are also things that we can be involved in now um, with either, you know, in our, in our own families, in our own neighbourhoods, on our own streets, um, in our own friendship groups. And so um, I'd love to see the building um, harness some things that are already starting to, to happen um, kind of relationally. Um, so there is a there's a lot of excitement kind of building with um, the building really coming on and uh, seeing the potential, which is wonderful. Um, but we just be careful we we don't wait 
for things for the building to sort of make things happen it'll it'll still be it'll still be us using this wonderful facility which is going to make all the difference i think Excellent. The The other area that's been obvious, and it's not just with us, but it's in society in general, children and youth have been very affected. Just uh, uh, speaking this morning uh, with somebody who is just leaving school, um, finishing high school, um, they said that they realised that in their last two years of A-levels, they've been in school actually for a quarter of the time with constant disruption of, of their schedules. So you would have heard it in the news. Um, there's a lot of challenge with that. And certainly uh, our, our youth probably are not exempt from that. And our young people and the children probably would have felt uh, in different ways some of the challenges of this. So we, we've started to meet with the teams, the, the children's um, uh, with both Kids Club and Crash and the youth teams just beginning to look at what the restart might be like. And it's challenging because there would have been a lot of people who would have served in some of these ministries for quite a while. And you know what it's like when you get asked in church, um, you start with enthusiasm, but after two or 20 years, you feel it's time to step down, but you feel guilty for stepping down. Well, the pandemic has provided that hiatus which enables people to reflect on their own life and priorities and even just giving them the, the permission to actually reconsider their, their, their ministry. And probably there are a lot of people or a good number of people have said, look, we feel we've, we've, we've run the race on, on this particular ministry. So I think we're looking at restarting with, and, and reforming teams. Some of the people will carry on, but we will need also new people joining us and we would need to recruit new volunteers to come and serve in these teams and um, it's very much there's just so many ideas floating around and so many opportunities and it's just holding that balance between um, what we can do <laughs> and what we should do and just trying to, to to hear the voice of God on that it's great having great dreams and great desires but we also need to have the people that can enable us in a team to function well and healthily without burning people out and putting undue pressure and having people that serve with a with a joy and excitement in that. So that's the stage where we're at. We're beginning to meet with the teams. We're beginning to look at what we can do and, and we're looking to recruit new people. And it goes without saying for, for any ministry, if you sense that maybe the Lord has been speaking to you about serving, you know, please do not um, hold it to yourself and just we'll have a conversation obviously with with ministries like children and youth where they're a bit more specialized you know it, it would be a conversation we would want to hear what 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 you sense and we want to discern what what is there but certainly that communication that two-way communication is very much needed again um just as an aside i think we've already began to address some of the things because since Ian has come on staff, we, we have benefited so much. Just I have benefited from having somebody alongside me who has um, a greater heart. And I think he probably would contradict me, but I think he has a greater gifting in this particular area. And already, we, I think we've seen many, many good things. So just uh, what, what's your reflection, Ian, on this? Yeah, I, mean, I think you've 
that's a good summary. Um, Christy, I'd be interested to, to hear what folks think as well. Uh, my perception is at the moment um, as well that we, not just the, um, not just the, the young people who've sort of coming out of this a little bit battered and shaken, um, but probably that's probably true across the board. And um, I suspect there's quite a few folks just reevaluating how they use their time. And I think there's a, a sense of um, from quite a few not, not wanting to rush into to the kind of absolute business that perhaps pre-pandemic pre we were at. Um, so I think that discerning what we could and, and can and should do is, um, is a really important process. Um, to, to run things well um, needs a certain infrastructure. And um, so it, it's, it's a time of opportunity, it's a time of need, um, but the, yeah, the folks who are running these things also are in need as well as those who are mm -hmm. surfing at these things uh, and being served by them. So um, sometimes that can feel a little bit overwhelming, mm. but um, it's also a, a lovely opportunity to, to restart. So there's, I feel a mixture of things with that one. I think. Thanks, Ian. Well, you all have listened so well and we've talked a lot and it's just uh, great to hear from you, to hear some reflections. Um, we're open for questions. If we can answer them, um, we're open for ideas, uh, anything really. So uh, please unmute yourselves and um, yeah, let's let's hear what uh, what you sense. Can I just chip in that I've been sat through many of these in industry at uh, Smithline Beachams, Volix batteries, uh, and chloride, etc. I found the presentation by mm. Val absolutely first class, mm. and we have had an insight mm. of what our thoughts are be. And she should be thanked for doing this work. Mm. And I wouldn't mm. think it would be an easy thing to do. So thanks, Val, from me. Mm. We all echo that. Thank you. Thanks for mentioning it, Peter. Thank you. Um, my, I, an observation that, that I would have is that as a church, we it seems to me we have some quite wonderful opportunities because we have such a wide age range of people. And, um, and one of the things that, that I picked up on right at the beginning was that um, some of our, our older statesmen and women um, obviously seem to be very open to, to, um, to providing some of that sort of support for others that, that they probably feel they have, I don't want to put words in their mouth because I'm not quite in that category yet, um, but you know, that they feel able to, to um, to give time to that. And, and I, I wonder how we might make use of that in a positive way. I don't know, wonder if the, if the pastors and the leadership have sort of thought about that opportunity and formed any ideas yet, if any. No, I think you're probably, what, what, what I'm guessing you're hinting is some sort of a pastoral care team type thing. 
am I or people that would fulfill that role is that what you're hinting at well I don't think it personally I don't think it necessarily needs to even be I mean you know let somebody chip in who's who's has a view on it themselves as being over 70 type of thing but I don't necessarily think it has to be that formalized. I just think maybe mm-hmm. that people who are in that category and saying, look, I'm here, I'm happy to, to, mm-hmm. to, to offer a listening ear, connect mm-hmm. me up, mm-hmm. you know, help me to find the person to, 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 to support. Because mm-hmm. I think, I think as a church, we have so much to offer. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that's slightly taking the Lord out of it by putting it like that, but but, but there's so much that we have to offer. And, and I just wonder, you know, there's some connections that maybe we could make that we're not necessarily making at the moment mm-hmm. that could really be valuable going forward. Mm. Good, good point. And feel free, obviously, privately, just to throw in our way, um, whether it's pastors or PLT, just more specifically, you know, people that you think would be worth um, talking to and exploring that with so that would be really helpful thank you Carrie okay. I think you're right Carrie I think in the sense that there's certainly that a noticeable um, theme is, is that I know in, in some churches during lockdown um, that age group have been slow to, to want to attend church uh, physically whereas at CFM that's not been the case there's been a real hunger and desire it would seem across the board to attend interact engage and uh, and that's been noticeable and is such a it's such a huge advantage and, mm. uh, and i've sent already just been blessed by having those who've worked walked with the lord over the over a longer period than myself just the benefit of having people like that in um in the fellowship and, and wanting to engage and to help is is such a great blessing so um Mm. should be very thankful for that yeah i just can you hear me yeah yeah i just like to say that um well you know this anyway i found um these zoom meetings particularly the sunday ones a real um lifesaver it was a real Mm. lifeline actually Mm. i've not really felt particularly um lonely through lockdown mm. I'm actually finding it really challenging now and I'm feeling quite upset mm. and anxious mm. that we're going to go back to how it was before mm-hmm. and um, yeah I feel quite sad about it I suppose I suppose my question is I mean I, I think we have to take responsibility for our own lives you know I don't just expect people to provide things for me I don't think that and uh, you know it's my it was my decision to move away and you know I couldn't help but I can't drive there really but I'm sort of wondering what's going to happen in the future and you know will the zoom thing the Mm -hmm. whole zoom thing just fade away Mm -hmm. or is it going to be incorporated into the church in some way going into the future sorry that's a bit waffly no it's not it's not waffly at all it's and it's this is uh uh so uh, every month I'm uh, part of a, a Zoom leadership training and about 360, 80 screens <laughs> from across the nation are joining in. Um, and I cannot tell you how many times that um, that sentiment has come through. Wow. 
um, yeah, from a lot of people um, who, um, for very legitimate reasons, you know, would find find it quite challenging uh, attending and just how beneficial they found it and how helpful it was. So I think um, this is already on the table. This is something that will not go away in terms of thinking of how, how do we support and engage and offer an opportunity for engagement for people that might not be able to um, physically be there. So certainly... I think it's one of the items for discussion. One of the fascinating things is that we have, um, if you think of our power hour on a Saturday morning, well, you know, on a normal Saturday morning, we probably get a dozen, just over a dozen people. Well, we've had most weeks, I think, in excess of 20, 25, 30 people. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, uh, I'm not saying we're making a decision, uh, clearly, but to me, if you're saying that 20, 30 people can engage in prayer instead of 13, mm. you know, um, it would be um, unwise not to use some of these opportunities. Mm. Um, and for certain things, Zoom is really excellent. For others, it's uh, it's not so good. <laughs> and it's just trying to play to its strength, but certainly that's on the table. Definitely it's on so the it's table. Like fair enough, a balance, add. isn't it? Sorry. No, I was just going to add, you know, like, if I think about the Bible study, we've both benefited so much from the Tuesday night Bible study, but because Ian works every second Tuesday and I often work late on a Tuesday, then if I had to go travel Mm. to somewhere to go to a Bible study, I just don't think I could Mm. manage to attend, but being able to just still be in the kitchen and, (laughs) um, you know, go on to zoom is just great. So I think that some things like that, and I think also some of the, connect group where people Mm -hmm. have young children and maybe Mm -hmm. only one of them would be able to come to the group Mm -hmm. if it was in person actually in some for some people Mm -hmm. like that they've commented that it's better for them as well because Mm -hmm. they can pretend so Mm -hmm. there are advantages Mm -hmm. there are definitely advantages in a blended Mm -hmm. approach i think yeah that's a good word i think Mm -hmm. um, zoom has some strange side effects because i mean i'm in a uh, we're in a, a, a life group that started during lockdown mm-hmm. and Sue hadn't met some of the group members until the other night when we had our first in-person or our second in-person. But it's a bit, to me, it's a bit like um, when you're on a train journey and you're sitting across a table from someone you don't know, sometimes you end up talking more deeply than to somebody who you know you're going to see again tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and uh, actually, in some ways, our group, I think, has benefited from that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's accelerated our, our sharing and our openness with each other. And it also means that we, you know, we have a member in Switzerland, which um, is is difficult to or would be difficult to have in person meetings. It feels like we are disadvantaging her when we meet in person. So. Mm-hmm. There are some good things about Zoom as well, and uh, definitely I think there will be a new reality. It won't be a case of just going back to the old reality. Mm. And just coming to the children's thing, um, I wonder if there's any way, I don't know how this would be done, but if there's any way that you can harness the wealth that there is in the church in the older age group to help in some other way 
I'm thinking particularly about the teenagers and the late teenagers and that transition into adulthood. Um, when sometimes it's difficult for parents to input um, or maybe there's a need for, um, you know, there's an uncle or, do you know what I mean? There's, it's useful to have another channel. And I wonder whether there's any way that we could harness the strength of the church in that area, because to me, the obvious group that has mainly lost out through this in the church is the children. And there's a, a massive urgent need somehow to re-engage with the children and young families. And I don't know how we do that, but that seems to me the number one thing that comes out from the survey. It's a good question, Andrew. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, there's cer certainly, um, I mean, for, for the first point, there certainly has been advantages to, to Zoom and, and connections mm -hmm. as, as well as disadvantages and, and mm -hmm. um, navigating our way forward. It, it's going to be going to be interesting. What, one of the challenges of this time has been that, you know, you just get used to one reality and then it changes again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And, um, and I think that that's been quite, um, on one hand, we're quite used to it, haven't we? And then the other hand, it, it's quite challenging to kind of have the goalposts keep changing as what we can do and can't do and should do and shouldn't do. So I, I would imagine that there will be a, um, a variety of ways in which groups will, will keep meeting. Hmm. And as far as the, the young people go, um, yeah, I, I mean, it, personally i find it i find that probably the hardest thing to come out of the survey is is hearing the words disengaged and children mm -hmm. in the same sentence um or, or exhausted and frazzled mm -hmm. parents mm -hmm. so um yeah i mean i i do think and this isn't just one of the things just that we say i, I really do think that we we, we, we pray we pray for all of the church because there's there's not one group more important than another. But um, I, I really do believe we 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 pray for it. We've got to pray for each other and 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 lean in to see what what then practically it looks like to hmm. to re-engage um, and uh, and um, yeah. Hmm. So I, yeah, that seemed a bit blurry, but um, I appreciate what you said, Andrew, and hmm. and, and agree. Thing about Zoom, I think it's been good for us that don't particularly want to go out at night in the winter. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But there is um, there is a small-ish subgroup who just can't or won't engage with Zoom, and I, you know, I'm sort of thinking of one one person in particular, and there's a need to be loving towards them in terms of um, making sure that they don't feel passed by, as it were, yeah. and rejected. Um, yeah. I think that's why it's so great that Carol Ann has been going door to door mm. and kind of actually taking the newsletter and um, trying to keep, even taking DVDs of the mm. service to people. That's just um, helped some people engage who haven't been able to do Zoom. So 
Yeah. Um, absolute kudos, Carol Ann, for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think as a, as a as a church family, that's the often the the our heart needs to be for one another, isn't it? To to have eyes to see other people around, and and if it's those who can't connect with Zoom or one of the things that Valle highlighted was the particular tension or struggles if you're living on your own or mm. um, only Christian in the household um, and as a kind of corporate, as a, as a fellowship to have eyes to see and, and keep seeking to, to bring in, in in whatever appropriate way um, those around. Sometimes I suspect that in a church our size, not everybody knows everything about... I'm, I'm always surprised at what people do know and what people don't know. And so sometimes I'm sure things are, are missed that just because people don't know. Um, so we do, we've got to really have eyes and, and look around and wrap, welcome people into to things that they can engage with and feel comfortable in. Will there be more um, outdoor services? I am had already promised to go somewhere else. So I didn't get to go to the, the one on Pentecost Sunday, but my heart was there, my spirit was there. It, there's nothing uh, firm. Um, just to clarify, um, the uh, outdoor service was a favor that the principal himself gave to us. So he basically gave us the keys it wasn't a, a sort of contract kind of thing because that would have meant a lot of red tape that uh, both sides would have had to jump through. So I'm just being, um, we've also engaged the high school for, for, for weeks now with regards to the possibility of returning back. And uh, it's not clear in, it's a yes, but it's not clear in what circumstances, how many people were allowed to be, and how many rooms we're allowed to use. So we've submitted a, a risk assessment that they've requested. And this is not Carnforth in itself making a decision. This is a decision that's been made by the Bay Academy Trust and they're safeguarding people. And, um, and Carol Ann gently is prodding every week um, the um, right person at Carnforth just to try to get us moving. So there's two things happening, both in terms of returning into the building, but I feel a little bit cheeky um, straight away to ask, can we have it again? So, but after half term, I will probably uh, get in touch with Tim and just see whether we could have it again. So I'm just trying to be sensitive to the fact that he responded to the fact that they keep saying, kept saying, no, no, no. Um, I know you guys want to have it, but yeah. I don't. I don't want to be in a difficult situation where I'm pushing his hand and mm. being unreasonable. Just to chip in on that one, Christy. Uh, this morning I was speaking at Cornerstone Church at Bentham, and one of the members of the congregation there is involved with the trust, Matt uh, Arger, who was the head at Morecambe High, and he said, as we move forward, if we've got difficulties getting back into the school, and he he could see no reason long term why we couldn't get back into the school. But if we do have difficulties, give me his mobile number, which I'll email to you to say if you contact him, he will try and help us with that uh, access. Because he's involved both at Canvas and with the trust. 
Thank you. Yeah, while, while I'm on, uh, Val's done a really good summary, it seems to me, of the various comments. But from my time in leadership, often wisdom for the future doesn't come through a sort of a majority. It can sometimes be a minority. And so I'm wondering if there's any chance for the pastors to actually read, particularly the suggestions for the future, not so much the observations of now, but suggestions for the future there may well be in some of those some phrasing or some rationale that gets lumped together in a in a an agreement of several people that loses the edge of what's actually been said and so if i was if i was a pastor at cfm at the moment i'd want to read this individually the suggestions for future development to see if i felt any of those had the sense of the finger of god on them yeah, I, I, I shared the raw data with Good. Christy and um, with Ian. It's a lot, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, they've got the, the whole, the raw data for the whole thing. For yeah, sure. it, it would just be the one or two questions I want to look at. I wouldn't want to look at a lot of it, just mm. suggestions for future rather than anything else. Yeah, we've read, we've read every, every response and yeah, we, we, get, we gave an afternoon a week for a while <laughs> but uh, yeah no it's it's been it's genuinely been really really helpful just to get that um that sense because you get so many voices and uh, and also we of course don't know who who that who had said what um so it was a, um, a really good exercise just to kind of hear it's like that it's like hearing the church feedback which was really great Going back to, oh, sorry. Can I hop in? <laughs> I've been trying to hop in since I was mentioned. Um, I mean, it's great to hear that people have appreciated having the newsletters dropped off, but I don't want to take all the credit for that because other people were going around <laughs> looking at DVDs. That wasn't me. And um, it's it was great for me, and Mark comes with me, uh, quite often as well and it was great for us as well because we've got to know people who we've chatted to on their doorsteps and that's been a blessing for us um getting to know um you know some of the other um people from church that we didn't know before get to, getting to know them in that way and I know that other people do things like that as well people have called around at people's houses and had a chat with them or phoned them up um on a regular basis you know to keep connections going and keep in touch with people so um and I suppose my thinking is it's great hearing how um effective the connect groups have been and that seems to be a real strength so um my question for the future would be um people who aren't within that sort of net if you like of the connect groups and having a connect group that they are part of even if they can't be there very often that they haven't got that group that's sort of looking out for them and, and keeping a check on them. How can we draw people in really? Um, I think quite a lot of the church are in connect groups, aren't they? But there's just that number that are outside and how can we draw them in? And um, with the talk as well about the group of people who are willing and available to give support, how can they be um, used maybe in that situation to be... Um, part of that network really that's um helping people to 
being connected and helping people to be cared for. I don't know if um, you, it may be that there's a system like this already in use here, but when we were in Brookhouse, there was a system where each house group was responsible for a certain number of unattached people in the church, people who didn't go to a, a house group. And they were responsible for kind of keeping in touch, keeping an eye on them, encouraging them in. Uh, so in a sense, each, each life group had its own pastoral responsibility outside the group as well. Um, another thing I wanted to just ask about, Christy, you mentioned that on Sunday, there would be a lot of people there who were not, you know, not part of CFM or newcomers. And um, in our life group, it's, you know, several times there have been occasions when one of our group members is on screen and passing through the background of the screen is their spouse or their you know, significant other or, or their kids or whoever. And um, it sounded to me as though there's a particular opportunity at the moment from what you said. And I wondered about um, Alpha and you know, whether there's any uh, plans to, as it were, take hold of that opportunity. Um, good question. Um, I, I don't know if uh, some of the people who mentioned are at the stage of doing an alpha. Uh, they could be. Um, some of them have come to the in-person services um, uh, and uh, some of the people we expected to come di didn't come uh, to the service last week. So it's, it's a combination of things. Um, as always, we're just looking for, for people that are willing to run an alpha and have the availability um, to, to be able to do that. Um, I think at the moment, from what we're gauging, is there's a huge reluctance to commit to anything in this next couple of months in any way. A lot of people are trying to catch up on holidays, spending time with the family. This morning we had um empty spaces you, you know um in both services so we it just seems to be there is this season at the moment where understandably people are doing other things so it'd be very difficult to launch something at the moment but certainly um i think come, come the autumn um it, it would be absolutely great to to start an alpha absolutely great I think I think Andrew, that's sort of what I was wondering about as well. With when we're talking about the the um, not waiting till the building's finished, and um, there there certainly are opportunities now, and um, and perhaps even new opportunities, mm. and particularly maybe with family members or friends or, or connections who where relationships have deepened over the last mm. year, eighteen months, but because of COVID. Um, and conversations that have happened. So I, I suspect that there are very, very real um, opportunities, like you mentioned. Um, yeah, it, it's, 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 um, it, it's, it's understanding the times, isn't it? Mm. Well, I don't think we ought to be doom and gloom. The Zoom is brilliant. But if anybody wants to go somewhere, they'll go somewhere. You know, if that's what the Lord wants them to do, 
But we've got to look after one another, encourage one another, build one another up. But uh, we've got to be going forward. Going forward is a thing. My, my question was going to be um, around bearing in mind that you, you mentioned that concern for our young people. And, and I have to be careful here because I'm very task focused. So I tend to see things in terms of, right, give me an objective. Are we going to focus on the young people for the next six months type of attitude? Um, but, but bearing in mind that's how I am, um, do you think that, that, that that might be a way that you guys would interpret what you're hearing? So you might say, look, folks, because we know that there's such a need in that area, we are going to target a lot of our effort and energies into that. Or do you think that we will continue to be quite organic in how we approach church and sort of see what comes to the surface, which I think is probably what Christy said a little bit about, you know, waiting a couple of months. I'm waffling, I'm waffling, but I'm, I'm trying very hard not to say, I want a vision, tell me where to go, because that's me. And I know church isn't like that. So, um, yeah, have you got any thoughts on that? You've got to bear in mind the results of the survey were coming at the back of, um, so, <laughs> We're talking about January, February. Um, with regards to the young people, their their school circumstances have changed significantly. They've they've been um, getting back into school, so things are in a different place than they are they they, they were. Um, <laughs> this is such a difficult question because some of the youth are now actually going to move away. They've you know they're finishing school and they're moving away. It's such a complex thing, and it's not. It's not a huge group at CFM, so we've probably got um, a good uh, dozen older ones um, with absolutely everyone included. And, you know, probably again about 10 uh, or so at, at the younger end, kind of um, just in high school. Um, and everyone's going to be very different in the way they're processing the whole thing. So it's not just like a a batch approach to the whole thing. And uh, I, I'm going to be very frank. I, we can come with the best vision in the world. And I have done youth work for a, a lot of years and I could probably draw on some stuff and come, but the reality on the ground is we're going to need people who understand youth ministry, who have got time and willingness to do it. It's um, There are people in this room who've done youth ministry, both in CFM and outside of CFM, it's time consuming, loads of organization that's going on, loads of commitment. Um, it, it's not just something that we as pastors can come and say, hey, guys, this is what needs to happen. And also, I'm, I'm, I'm like Ian was suggesting earlier on, I'm not convinced that that's, that's the only need and that's the biggest need. They will get and they are getting a lot of attention and support at the moment. Consider the fact that the, the, the youth have actually been able to, if you went on the bus or if you're talking to the teachers or if you're talking to the youth workers in the Lancaster churches, they've been hanging around and doing a lot of stuff together. Well, there are some of our folks in the church who've not been out, you know, for a year and a bit, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's one group or one section that is more 
in need of the others. And I just think as we're going forward, first of all, we need we need strong teams. I keep saying it, we need strong teams. Um, I'm, I'm quoting Alan on this. <laughs> it's a syndrome, and it's probably not unique to CFM. It's a syndrome in the Western church. We have a lot of people that are involved, but not a lot of people that are committed. What I mean, if you looked at our master rota at CFM pre-pandemic, it was a monstrous thing. But it was somebody being involved once every seven weeks in the ministry. And what we're looking in some of these teams in terms of youth and children in particular, we're looking for consistent commitment, not just somebody who's going to say, hey, I'm showing up every six months. We need, we need something more than that. And also a level of gifting and experience. Um, I think there's room for people who can just be there, but they will work alongside a team of people that have got some sort of a passion and connection with, with children and youth ministry. Thank you. That's, that's really helpful. Thank you. Okay, well, by the silence, we you know we're always aiming to try to finish around, uh, you know, half eight. So this this having been a special meeting, we kind of overshot a little bit, but I don't want to keep us any longer uh, being aware of that. But it would be really good just to close in prayer, and maybe just to have um, maybe a couple of people uh, wrap up in in prayer, praying praying for us as as a church um, as we go forward. Um, and really asking that we would hear one another, but also hear what God is saying and what he's speaking to us about. So if you want to pray, you need to unmute yourself, and uh, we'd love that, just a couple of people. Father, we thank you for all the um, giftings that you've put in the body um, at CFM. We thank you for all the wonderful ways that your spirit has been working during lockdown. And we thank you, Lord, for the way that you've adjusted the team so that um, Lord, we have, uh, we have been able to respond to the massive uh, changes involved. And we pray, Lord, for new giftings. We ask you to, um, a point in the church, new giftings, Lord, people who, with a, a vision for youth work or, um, Lord, for the other things that we've been talking about this evening, that you would put um, a passion in their hearts, Lord, and in our hearts, and um, a desire to serve you, uh, and that you would just... Um, Pour out your spirit on us afresh, Lord, that the, the fire of your Holy Spirit would, um, would just rekindle our, our love and our desire for you, Lord, as we, um, we seem to be emerging from this season into a new season which will not be the same as it was before and isn't the same as where we are now. And we pray, Lord, for open ears to hear you. I pray for the whole of the leadership team. Lord, that uh, and for us as a body, that you would tune our hearts to hear you, Lord, and to um, be able to um, 
to hear clearly what you're saying and to express it to each other, Lord, to speak your what we're hearing from you to each other. And that out of that, Lord, your body, the body of Christ would um, would move in the direction that you want. We thank you for this evening. Thank you for everything that's emerged from this survey. Thank you for um, the work that's been done for Val's work, Lord, and the other um, major contributions, especially for Carol Ann's role and Ian's role and Christy's role, Lord. We thank you for, for each of them. And we, we pray, Lord, that you would reveal your heart to us. And that most of all, Lord, that we would, um, we would recommit ourselves, Lord, to seeking you with all of our heart as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you so much for being part of the fellowship here at CFM. Uh, Lord, it's, a, it's such a delight to um, be part of what you're doing here. I'm so thankful for everyone who's a part of the part of our church and um, part of our family. Um, mm. Lord, we're, um, we're thankful for each other. And we pray, Lord, that you'll help us to, um, to care and, and look after and, and love one another well. Father, we do pray that you'll give us eyes to see uh, each other and those around us. Um, Father, I pray that you'll help us to see um, and appreciate those perhaps who need in special attention, um, just feeling left out, mm. feeling alone, um, challenging circumstances, whatever that might be. And Father, I pray that we'd have a, um, a culture in our family, Lord, of looking out and looking after each other. And Father, I just uh, praise you for all that you have done and are doing through us. Lord, it's such a delight uh, to belong here. And, and Father, we're, we're thankful for each other and for what you're doing. And Lord, we believe that you are building your kingdom in and through us. And Father, with the various opportunities and decisions to be made going forward, we humbly ask for your help. We ask for your wisdom. We ask for your um, your guidance and leading and father we pray that we would be um, obedient to what you ask of us and lord we we long to see more people come into the saving knowledge of the lord jesus and we pray that the uh, that we would grow in our knowledge and understanding of you in our maturity and in uh, in seeing more people come to know you and we ask that in jesus precious name amen Father, there's so many things that we are grateful for, mm. and we think what we've um, we've been through um, since the beginning of this thing. Um, we thank you for the way you brought us, the way that, in spite of some of the horror of, of, of the pandemic. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for your many, many blessings and the way that you have guided us through. And uh, uh, especially uh, we see your hand, how your hand has been uh, upon our leadership and, and uh, um, you, you have guided us each step of the way. And we, we pray at this point, Lord, as we're looking forward, as we 
we're gathering these things together as we're pondering them before you we pray that you will uh show us clearly the way lord that that we won't go off at at tangents and that we it, it, it's hard sometimes uh, because the good can be the enemy of the best. We, we know that, that, that um, but, but that you'll help us to keep focus on, on what you want, Lord, uh, during this time. Uh, and especially as we look forward, because, Lord, your work, if, um, if, if we can hear your voice and follow you and stay focused on you, Lord, then, then you you have got things in mind for Carnforth. You have got um, you've got people that you want us to reach. You there are people with um, things that that you want us to address. And so help us, Lord. Give us clarity of thoughts um, during this time. And and unless you as you um, uh, show us some of those things that you want us to do, will you confirm it, Lord? So that we know we are going in your in your direction. We thank you for one another. We thank you for the gifting that you have given uh, in uh, in the fellowship. And uh, Lord, um, will you just continue to be Lord and Savior um, and, and and guide us forward, Lord, into the future. In, in your name, Jesus, we ask this. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for uh, praying. That's That's been encouraging. Thank you. Just to um, make available for all those of you who would like to see um, the presentation.